Hi, this is Anna East Eden. You're listening to Hollywood and Beyond with your host, Stephen Brittingham. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. This is host Stephen Brittingham. Welcome to the 100th episode of Hollywood and Beyond Podcast. Wow, what a milestone. As host, I strive to bring you meaningful and in-depth interviews each and every episode. The journey began several years ago. You might have thought for episode 100, I would have a new and super exciting guest to help celebrate the occasion. That's a fantastic idea, but it occurred to me that what might be more appropriate is to actually go back to the very beginning. So I've reached down in the Hollywood and Beyond vault and have brought you today my first audio interview experience ever. It originally aired live, no less, on an online radio network. I was using my very first recording software and my very first microphone setup, all of these things which I no longer use today. And my special guest was the lovely and talented Anna Easton. You often hear Anna with welcome greetings, just like you did moments ago. But Anna has provided much more than that. As mentioned, she was my first audio guest on the podcast. And now I am presenting that conversation for you today to celebrate episode 100. It's so nice to be able to look back and see where a journey first began. I am so grateful to each and every guest who has visited me on Hollywood and Beyond. I'm humbled and honored to have had each and every one to spend time with me. And I thank you, the listeners, for all of your encouragement and support. And now, on to my first audio interview with the farm girl from Finland who dreamed about making it in Hollywood. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Hi, and good evening. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham, which just happens to be me, your host. Well, this is the premiere episode, episode number one, week number one of the radio program, and I tell you, I am so excited. I, of course, am Stephen, and I want to thank you for tuning in. Greatly appreciate it. And I tell you what, each week there will be new surprises, more promos, more music. It's going to be 
a radio show that grows every week, and I certainly hope you will be a part of it. Well, I am super excited to start the premiere episode tonight. One reason is that I have such a special guest, a special lady. I couldn't have asked for a better person, a more talented lady to be my first guest for the program, and that is Anna Easteden, which we will be uh, bringing on here in just a moment live. And uh, before I do, though, many of you out there maybe don't know much about me, probably wondering, who is this guy? Very understandable. So let me just briefly tell you that um, I am a actor. I'm also a writer for the online magazine Highlight Hollywood. I'm also, of course, the host of this radio program. So I keep very busy. For Highlight Hollywood, I write uh, articles about acting. I also do interviews, written interviews, which I enjoy so much. So many interesting people I've interviewed uh, for almost a year now. So many talented people. And I'm very grateful for all the people I've interviewed. In addition to that, I am also the film critic for Highlight Hollywood. I also write reviews for films, even television programs. So um, I'm a man of many hats, so to speak. And yes, you may be asking yourself, an actor who interviews other actors? It's a little bit unique to say the least. But I'll tell you what, it gives me a different perspective uh, than maybe some other individuals might not have. So I always try to ask the kind of questions that I feel that someone who's an actor or someone in the industry would would enjoy being asked. Um, try to be fresh and original, and I try to be unique. That's definitely one of my goals. Well, over the next few weeks, I will share more of my background story with you. But I think we need to get to our special guest right away. So without further Wait, please welcome the very talented Anna Easteden. Hi, Anna. How are you? Oh, hi, I'm good. How are you? Thank you for the introduction. I love it. <laughs> you and are most welcome. Your new show. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I couldn't have asked for a, a better guest to have. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be your first guest. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, Anna, um, you know, you are uh, a person who has had a very diverse career. Some of the, of the descriptions I could give is international model, actress, uh, television host, um, just such a wide range that you've been involved in. And I'm very impressed with all that you've accomplished over the years. But you know what? Lately, I've really thought of you as an actress first and a model secondary. Because that's really what you are all about these days, wouldn't you say? Yes, I, I actually think that myself too. I I grew up as a model, and now I do consider myself an actress first. Um, so it's a evolving evolving thing, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, we'll talk uh, in uh, detail about both, but uh, I I think before we get to your background story, which is very interesting and fascinating. Um, I thought I would go ahead and, and ask you about your um, current project that you just got finished uh, uh, completing called Junkie, a new movie uh -huh. that will be coming out. And I watched the trailer. I, uh, 
Uh, I also shared it uh, the uh, Hollywood and Beyond uh, Facebook page, and uh, wow, it caught my attention. Uh, you were really standing out in the trailer. And uh, so, Thanks. what can you tell us about Junkie? Thanks. Yeah, Junkie. I loved doing that film. I play the Junkie. Um, her name is June, and uh, it's a it's a story about drugs and drug abuse and making choices you know, good or bad for your family. And, and it's a story like that. And I, I loved playing a drug addict. It's funny to say, but it's so uh-huh. much fun for me to play characters who I'm not in real life. Um, and it's also, I'm hoping that somebody who might have a drug problem would see this movie and then realize, Hey, wait a minute, you know, there is hope for me. And, and, um, could get off drugs because they saw this movie. That was initially what I hoped that could happen from this film. But it was so much fun to film. I, The director is Tim Russ, and I got to work with all these amazing actors in it. Um, James Duvall and Christian Kane and Eve Morrow and Peter Robel and Herman Wilkins. And uh, we had so much fun. We shot in um, Sacramento in Northern California. And I had briefly been in Sacramento before, but I really got to know Sacramento. And it's funny because to me, Sacramento is not really California. To uh-huh. me, it feels like Midwest somehow. It's wow. completely different from San Francisco or <laughs> L.A. where I live. Yes. Um, but it was so refreshing and, uh, and awesome to hang out in, in Sacramento for a few weeks. I bet it was. Wow. Yeah. Very interesting description of the area, too. Yeah. And you are so right, because when I watched the trailer, I'll tell you what, your appearance is completely different than um, one might mm-hmm. used to, you know, be used to seeing you, uh, how you would appear. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yes, I'm sure if someone's watching that trailer, there's like, they're like, whoa, uh, that's not a good path to go down. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. But it was awesome as an actress to do that, because... Yes. Usually we worry about, you know, do I look okay? Is my makeup good? Is my hair good? Is, right. is everything look fine? But as a junkie, you could care less. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you just you just show up and it's like the worse I look, the better, really. <laughs> that's right. You don't have to you don't have to worry about that. If your hair is a little bit messed up, hey, it's yeah. okay. You're yeah. still in character. So That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a refreshing part for me, not having to worry about, you know, can I get the makeup artist? It's like, no, no, no. Just if, if I have some mustard on my shirt, that's okay. <laughs> and like you said, it's, it's, um, it's, it's fun to play characters that are different from how you are mm-hmm. on your daily life and also very yeah. challenging, I, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. So to prepare for this role, I watched so many documentary type uh, films and TV shows about drug addicts and, and what that does to people, and really trying to understand them. Um, so it was kind of heavy period for me to prepare for it. But I think their preparation worked because I, I think I, I think I did an okay job. So well, I'm, I'm sure you did a sensational job, and I am looking forward to seeing it very soon. Any idea when that might be available, or just not sure yet? I. I am not sure yet, and okay. I should have maybe asked production for this, but I am assuming it will be in 2016, so. Great. So in the next six months, yeah. Well, I'm very excited, and congratulations on, on your recent project. 
Um, thank you, thank you. You are welcome. Well, let's see. Let's get back to um, back to your uh, uh, early years, all mm-hmm. the way over in Finland. Yes. On a farm. Yes. Far away from the the lights of Hollywood. Yeah, very far. So, tell me, what was um, like growing up on a farm in Finland, and, and what type of farm did you grow up on? Yeah, so I grew up on a, we had dairy cows, and we grew a bunch of crops like barley, oat, wheat, rye, and we had a bunch of forest, and and um, that dairy cows was the main main thing. Um, but it, it was funny because as a kid, I always thought that I was born in the wrong place. Like, I, I was like, why was I born here? This was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. I See, growing up as a kid, I kept watching, like, Dallas on TV, and I'm like, no, 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 yes. I'm just seeing Hollywood. Like, what, what, what am I doing here? This was, wow. a, this was a terrible uh, misjudgment on my part to have born here. <laughs> well, you have good taste, because Dallas is one of my all-time favorite shows, just so you know. Really? <laughs> yeah. My, my dad used to watch it, and my mom would go to sleep. And then I would watch it with my dad without my mom's permission. So. And that is a show that is very popular, like it, 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 all across the globe. Yeah, yeah. From, from what I it understand. It was super popular, yeah. I mean, we were a few years, I think, behind in the storyline, yes. but that didn't matter. <laughs> that's right. It was all good. So yeah. you felt, that's very interesting, you felt like maybe maybe you belonged somewhere else because maybe you felt there was something else out there that, that maybe you were yeah. supposed to be a part of. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's funny, though, now as an adult and having lived in so many countries and so many places, I, I have a different appreciation for it now, though, and I never had that as a child. So now when I go back, I love going back because it's so quiet and peaceful and clean and beautiful. And wow. at night there, I wake up and it's so quiet that I'll have to talk to myself, be like, hello, to make sure that I didn't lose my hearing because it's so quiet. Wow. Wow. It, That's yeah. a wonderful description. So it, yeah, it's it's amazing to go back there now because it's really relaxing. And you once told me, because for those of you that don't know, I have actually interviewed Anna before in the written version for Highlight Hollywood mm-hmm. back in March, which, yep. uh, wow, what a wonderful interview experience that was. And you told me at that time that um, you had issues with cows. <laughs> I, I was afraid of cows growing up. Okay. I was so they were so big and scary, and and I, I would do very badly as a cow milker. <laughs> you wouldn't last a full day, maybe a couple no, days. No, okay. I would probably last a minute until somebody <laughs> went new and turned their head towards me. <laughs> and but, however, you told me that you would. Help uh, arrange dinner, cook dinner for uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the farm workers. Yeah. And yeah. you were at a young so age. Especially, yeah, especially during the summertime. That's when you have to get all the crops before the winter comes, and then, you know, you can't do that anymore. So we would have a bunch of farm workers in the summertime, and I'd be home by myself cooking dinner for, you know, 10, 12, 15 people. Wow. Uh, when they were all out in the fields, and then they would come and eat dinner, and it was made by me, and I was like nine years old or something. Um, so, yeah. Wow. And um, mm-hmm. the summers and winters there, I'm curious about, yeah. like, what were those like over in Finland? 
Well, Finland is like Alaska in that the summer, in the summertime, the sun doesn't set at all. So it's daylight, day and night. And then in the winter, it's dark. Um, and winter, we have lots of snow. So if we do have light, the snow does reflect the light. So it's, you know, that helps, but it's super dark. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, you had a bicycle that you'd like to uh, take out and... Um, mm-hmm. you had told me once and, um, so what kind of adventures did you like to, uh, be involved in or what did you like to do if you weren't doing something on the farm? Well, we lived kind of middle of nowhere. So there was lots of places you could bike to, you know, we lived by a lake and you could bike around the whole lake or you can take a boat, like a rowboat and row around the lake and, wow. and, um, Yeah. It, wow. it was different in a way that my parents could just let us go wherever, whenever, because we didn't, we weren't really scared of anybody like taking us or anything like that. That you might be in in a city, and that must be a no wonderful care. feeling to, to feel so comfortable yeah. with your surroundings, be a part of nature. <laughs> Um, not have to worry about a lot of other issues, and uh, I bet that was a yeah. fun time for you. Yeah, and I think even like the house, the door, the front door, I don't think we had a key for it. I don't think we wow. locked it ever. <laughs> wow. Now, now that's saying something. Unfortunately, these days, it's yeah. not always the the case, unfortunately. Yeah, Wouldn't yeah. it be nice, though, yeah. if we could all do that? Right. I know. <laughs> well, getting amazing. back to what you just told me earlier, um, that you mm-hmm. felt like maybe you belonged somewhere else. Maybe yeah. you didn't 100% fit in, even though it was your homeland and and you really loved it there and you appreciated mm-hmm. the nature. But let me ask you, is this how your interest in uh, modeling started? Yeah, I, I, I was 12 years old when I first got my first modeling agent in Finland. And that was one of my things. It's like, I want to do something. I want to go to Hollywood and I want to go travel the world. And, and that was the... I used to watch like Miss Finland contests and competitions like Miss Universe. And I was like, Oh, I want to do that kind of thing. And that's how modeling started. And that was initially, I don't think I thought this is the key out, but that's what it ended up being. I see. For me. And yeah. you were, uh, I mean, you were, you were really serious about this because I believe you asked your mother to, to get you uh, involved with a modeling school, take classes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. what was her reaction when you brought this up to well, her? Yeah, they didn't really like it at first. Um, I see. Because my mom, she had to drive me over an hour to each direction to go to the modeling school after my regular school. Wow. So it was a task for her, but she did it, and I'm grateful for that. Um, and especially because it worked out that I it actually became a career. So. But at first, no, they were like, how could our daughter do this? Like, how could that even work out, you know, from a farm? Sure. And both of my parents were the kind of people who really were very comfortable home, and they didn't really have any aspirations to go anywhere. Right, right. Well, um, I'll tell you, thank goodness so many parents out there are willing to take their children to, you know, the activities they'd like to be a part of and... Uh, mm-hmm. your, your parents were no exception there. So, yeah. uh, that's great. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you, things went really well for you. You were at the modeling school or taking classes, training. Did mm-hmm. you notice that you were enjoying it right away? 
Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I mean, at home, I even before then, when I was like six years old, my Barbies would have fashion show, shows every day. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. And then you won a modeling contest. Yeah, actually put you on the cover of a of a magazine. Yeah, yeah, it was a cover of a Finnish magazine, and and um, things took off from there. And I'll tell you what, that must have been very exciting for you. Probably brought some confidence your way and you know propelled mm-hmm. you to keep moving forward with it all mm-hmm. of a sudden though you know what you were going to be leaving finland soon and yeah. um japanese modeling agency um offered you a contract yes yes and that was a story too because you know helsinki is the capital of finland and that's a five-hour train ride away from where i lived and I found out that this Japanese agency was coming to scout girls in Helsinki, which was that five-hour train ride away. And I wanted to go and see them. And my parents were like, no, we're not going to take you because uh-huh. it's so far away. So I took a train by myself for five hours to Helsinki, where I had never been to before by myself. And I had a map of how to find this place where the agent was going to be, and I had to find this place by myself. And I was running late. The train had run late. And I was running. I was all sweaty, and I was looking for this place. And I got there, like, literally five minutes before they were going to close up. Wow. And um, I got there super sweaty. And uh, they saw me, and they saw my pictures, and they really liked me. And they asked... um, I had my modeling portfolio, my pictures, and they asked if they could get color copies of all my pictures. And then I had another task of trying to find a color copy or place um, in Helsinki where I had never, you know, been to one before. So then I had to go and do that, and I spent pretty much all of my cash that I had with me on these color copies and took them back to the agent um, she waited before she left, and then I was like, well, you know, hopefully that was worth it. And then I went back to the train station and took the train back to to home. And then a couple of weeks later, we, on the farm, we got our first ever FedEx delivery. <laughs> <laughs> a FedEx truck, or it was a FedEx, FedEx van, yes. came to our house, and it was amazing to see my parents. I was home and my parents were home and they saw the FedEx and they're like, what is that? What is that? And my mom started cleaning the house <laughs> for the FedEx man to come in. <laughs> um, and it was a, it was a envelope for me from Tokyo Wow! Uh, with a contract and a plane ticket to go to Tokyo. So it wow. worked out. <laughs> what an amazing story. Wow. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. that, that was a big moment for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. and it was a big moment for my parents, too, because then they were like, well, you can't go. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they didn't want you uh, to leave. They were like, yeah, no, they didn't believe that it would be true. They didn't believe that this contract would be real, that yes. they would actually pay me, you know? Yes, they had some yeah. concerns. But, boy, yeah. that really shows so much determination on your part to, mm-hmm. you know, you had some obstacles there. And lots of uncertainty of how it would turn out, but you were determined because it was something yeah. you really enjoyed. You, you really had a passion for it. And I'll tell you, that often makes the biggest difference. 
Uh, it does. When you put your heart and soul into something that you really enjoy, um, even if you don't know how it's going to turn out, you know if you give right. it your best, good things can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you don't try, you will never achieve it. So Absolutely. Try. Mm-hmm. Well, you're taking off yeah. then. Uh, yeah. with this big contract and, uh, I know that must have been so thrilling. And, uh, mm-hmm. so tell me, when you first arrived to your new destination, uh, yeah. was homesickness an issue for you? It's funny. It wasn't because I, I was such a brave soul and I was so interested in everything that I had never seen before. And it was such an adventure for me that I actually really was not homesick at all. And I, I lived in the model apartment with a bunch of other girls, and there were some American girls and Canadians and Australians and girls from all over, and a lot of them were homesick. A lot of them missed food from home and missed their family, and some of them had to leave after a few days because they couldn't take it. And for me, for some reason, I enjoyed everything so much that I was rarely homesick. Well, that's a that's very interesting that that you yeah. uh, you were you were handling it different than uh, the other ladies, and um, of yeah. course, being getting homesick is very normal when you uh, are in a new area away from home. Um, yeah. But very impressive the way you handled it, and I'm sure it had something to mm-hmm. do with that feeling that you belonged somewhere else or doing something right. else. I think um, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So, what did they uh, have you do? Like, I bet they put you to work as soon as possible. They did. They did. The first day I got to Tokyo, I had a job. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it was for a clothing catalog for a department store. And I really didn't really know what I was doing. Um, there was luckily another girl there who had worked a lot. And I just kind of looked, I just was watching her and seeing how she was posing in front of the camera. I'm like, I'll just do the same thing. Um, so it was kind of a imitation at first of of what to do. And it was crazy, too, because on the farm, we never had Japanese food. So I never learned to eat with chopsticks. The first day in Tokyo, I had to eat with chopsticks, and that was a disaster. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not always easy to use those things, let me tell you. No, no, but I'm a a master at it now. (laughs) All right. Hey, there you go. So, um... You were doing all this uh, this work right away, and and uh, boy, mm-hmm. must have been an interesting cultural experience just seeing how it was so different from growing up in Finland. Yeah, totally different. Everything was so different. Did that um, make you want to get out there and explore? Yeah, and yeah, and I went all over Japan too. And it was lucky for me that some of the jobs were all over Japan. I got to go to Mount Fuji twice to shoot stuff and. And I went to Osaka and Kyoto and Nara and and all kinds of places for the, with the job. So it was kind of a, you know, free travel on the side. Wow, that's great. And yeah. you were in uh, Tokyo, is that right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Great. Now, did they uh, get you into commercials uh, or was that down the road? Yeah, no, I actually, I did some commercials in Tokyo already, Um. um yeah, right away. I mostly I did print work, catalog, and and like billboards and that kind of stuff. But then also I did TV commercial commercials right away too. So yeah, that's great. And um, 
from there, from Japan, you would uh, wind up traveling oh, to so many other locations. Uh, yeah. And uh, can you name some of the, the areas that you've been to? Yeah. So I lived all over Asia um, right after Japan because um, I, I realized that this is a cool thing. I can travel for free by getting jobs in all these places. So I worked all over Asia. I worked in Korea and Taiwan and Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, wow. um, Hong Kong, Macau. Uh, yeah. Wow. And, and I love them all, and they're all so different. Yeah. Yes, I bet. I bet. And did you, mm-hmm. did, sounds like you enjoy traveling. I do. I do. It's actually my life goal to visit every single country in the world. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little over court away there. <laughs> hey, hey, good for you. You're on your way, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, if yes. that happens, please let me know. Yes, will do. <laughs> so as you're traveling... And you're experiencing, you know, a very fast-paced environment with, with, with the modeling industry. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, sometimes people have difficulty staying grounded or focused um, mm-hmm. for all kinds of reasons. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you ever find it, uh, you know, an issue for you uh, as far as, you know, focusing on your work and, and, and making sure that you were doing what you need to do? Um, what, what did you do? as a young lady to stay grounded. Yeah, I, I I hope that I've stayed grounded the whole time. I'm I'm not sure because sometimes I think especially as a teenager you you just I I'm not sure. It's interesting because other people would be better judges judges of that than I would. Um but yeah, I I always try to I mean the I think the country girl in me and the farm girl in me is pretty realistic. So that helps. She stayed and my with parents you. Are very, my parents are very realistic in a way that they always bring me to the ground if I, if I uh, <laughs> think too highly of myself. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. And that farm girl stayed with you, I'm sure. Yeah. She was always yeah. there. Yeah, it did. Well, that's a fair assessment because, of course, at a younger age and with all that you were accomplishing, you know, uh, it takes a while mm-hmm. to get, you know, yourself sorted out sometimes and... Yeah. As the years go yeah. by, you kind of go, oh, well, you know what? I'm going to take a different approach next time, or I'm going to try this the next time. So that's mm-hmm. very understandable. Mm-hmm. It's all part of the learning yeah. process. But it does sound like you, you know, really had a good head on your shoulders. And um, I know you were super busy with all kinds of projects. Um, yeah. Did you feel like your dreams was coming true the more that you were working? I did. I, I did. I did. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty amazing feeling to be a, a literally a teenager and you are in meeting, especially in Tokyo when you we were modeling there, we'd meet all the celebrities who came pretty much from America there because we got to sit in the VIP in all these clubs and and. Then you sit there and then you're like, whoa, so-and-so is at this VIP area too. And, and as a kid, you know, I watched them on TV and they're here. And that's pretty surreal. It's like, whoa. I bet. you. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. This is actually happening. And I bet that yeah. was very surreal at times for you. Yeah. 
So tell me, uh, did you think about acting, though, while you're doing all these modeling jobs? Did you ever go, you know, I'd really like to to, to start acting more? Yeah, I I did. And I think it came more that came with the commercials and doing music videos and that kind of thing. And I always had such huge respect for actors. I think their job in many ways is much harder than modeling because, you know, you actually have to speak and open your mouth too. Um, (laughs) So it was, I've always liked challenges and it was a challenge for me um, to, to make a go of that. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, and, you know, modeling, acting, singing, writing, you know, they're connected by this link, but they're all very, very different from each other, like you were saying. Um, yeah. Different yeah. responsibilities, different uh, challenges. So <laughs> I could see with modeling, doing commercials, you know, you're entering that field of, of acting. And uh, yeah. so that's very interesting uh, that that was happening. So back to the girl on the farm. Did mm-hmm. you ever envision yourself actually arriving to Hollywood one day? Yeah, I did. I, I all that was always my goal. I, I, I was thinking I, I'll get to come to Hollywood, and then watching Dallas, I thought everybody just rides in limousines all day long and wears like <laughs> fancy Oscar award dresses all day long. <laughs> <laughs> but I was very mistaken um, with that. Is that assistant? <laughs> wow, wow! And you, you uh, eventually would make it to Hollywood. But before yeah. I get into that, um, so much more exciting stuff to talk with Anna about. And I hope everybody out there is enjoying the interview. Um, I know I certainly am. And um, so, when you arrived to the United States, when was uh-huh. that exactly? I well, I had initially been here. For a little bit in 1993-ish, and I was very young still at that point. Um, But then, really, I came here, I think, 1998. I went to Miami, um, and I was modeling in Miami at first. And then from there, I went to Chicago, and I was in Hawaii for a little bit. And then... um, by year 2000, I had bought my first car in Chicago. I, I bought a convertible Mustang. Wow. And I drove it across the country and arrived in L.A. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, and you finally made it to L.A., which you're, yeah. you're, uh, you're located at, of course, today. And yeah. uh, so you arrived to L.A. What was that like? <laughs> You know, when you, you know, it's one thing to think about a place and everything, but Mm -hmm. when you, when you actually get there, it can be a whole new experience. It is because it's really big and you, you arrive to LA with thinking everything's going to be great, but then you get here and you don't really know what to do with yourself. Um, You know, yeah, but I mean, I thought that, you know, I was, I had arrived here and I was going to stay here for a while. To me, it meant that I'm going to stay here and not travel as much for work. So it was starting to feel a little bit like this could be your your new home. Yeah, yeah, and it it does. It absolutely feels that way now. Whenever I go away and then I come back, and the closer I get to L.A. physically, the more I start smiling. 
So I think that's a good sign that I found the place where I'm supposed to live. And, you know, from my time in L.A., uh, some, something that someone uh, once told me, you know, you can leave mm-hmm. L.A., but it's not going to actually leave you. Right. So I can understand what you're saying. If it's, um, you know, if it's your kind of town and your kind of place, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, uh, it becomes very, very uh, important to you. And, and and were you surprised by how wide L.A. was? Just, you know, compared to New York City, you got everything all clumped together for the most part. But yeah. when you get to L.A., <laughs> it's spread out. Yeah. It, yeah, it is. And it's funny because after cities like Tokyo or Hong Kong, where everything is really compact and everything is really built and yeah. and just big that way, L.A. to me feels more like the suburbs. <laughs> Yes, and isn't that the great thing about L.A. is that you can have uh, neighborhoods with different atmospheres and you've got the the desert, the ocean, uh, you've got the city, uh, you've got all kinds of different things all all right there spread out. Yeah, yeah. That's very – a cool part about L.A. is that you can visit all sorts of neighborhoods here. Yeah. Plus you see the mountains surrounding you and, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's a very magical place in many ways. Yeah. And, uh, well, before we get on to your acting accomplishments, and there's a lot mm-hmm. to go over here, you know, of course, a lot of people are, are concerned about the fires out in Los Angeles mm-hmm. and, um, mm-hmm. you know, understandably so. I've seen some pictures that just, they don't even look real. Um, yeah. I, I've seen a couple pictures where I could have, it felt more like a nightmare. Uh, and, and I was just wondering, uh, you know, your assessment of, of what you're experiencing out there or what you might have to say about the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Right now there, um, the fires are maybe, I think I just looked it up 38 miles from my house, but it's interesting how the ash travels so far from the fire in the mornings. When I wake up, my car is covered in ash and that's just crazy to me that it's all coming from that fire. That's almost 40 miles away. That's amazing. So yeah. So all of LA is, you know, affected, from the fire in that regard. And when you look at the sky, it's, it's crazy because there's so yes. much ash there that it almost, it's really hot here right now. It's almost hundred degrees. Um, but it almost, it covers some of the sun. So it, it feels shadier, but that's just all from the fire. So it's, it's scary that way. Well, that's amazing to think that you've got, you know, when you go out to your car that it's covered and, uh, mm-hmm how far away that's traveling. I mean, that mm-hmm. really tells you yeah. right there how strong the fire is, obviously. And, you mm-hmm. know, I know my thoughts are with people out there. And, you know, it's just a situation that we all hope uh, uh, will go in the right direction and soon. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. And um, mm-hmm. I'm certainly glad that you're all right and, and whatnot. And so let's see, you're in Hollywood. You finally made it. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. now you have a chance to to really be a part of acting. And um, right. did you make the decision in L.A. that, okay, I, I need to start acting? Or did it happen in Chicago when you yeah. did your first theater performance? Yeah, yeah. It happened in Chicago. I started studying acting in Chicago, and I played um, – the Sleeping Beauty um, <laughs> in the musical Sleeping Beauty in Chicago, which I always say is typecasting because she's a princess. Um, 
<laughs> see, see, that's how much my uh, feet are on the ground here. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's always a joke. Um, sure. Yeah, so it started in Chicago uh-huh. um, and then continued more here in L.A. And uh, what kind of experience was that to be on stage, you know, in front of a live audience? Um, yeah. I mean, what was that like? Well, the first one, luckily Sleeping Beauty, she sleeps a lot. <laughs> so She um, does, yes. So it was a, you know, an easier role for me. Sure. Um to start with on stage. Yes. To me actually stage acting to me is way more scary than film or TV acting. <laughs> way more scary. Because it's live and the people are there and you can't take, have another take and and you know, if you mess up you've messed up and you can't really get it back the same way that you can on film or TV. You can't go um, cut. Let's try this again. Yeah. Yeah. From the top. Um, so that part is really <laughs> scary for me. And yeah. you rely also trusting your, your fellow actors because if they forget mm-hmm. their lines or make a, a, a mistake, you've got to know how to handle yeah. it immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a talent. Some people are really good at it. Yes. And some people, not as much. But, and this yeah. was a musical? Yes. Did this mean that you it was. had to break out I, in song? You know, I can sing, but I would not say that I'm a singer. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you enjoyed that experience so much. And and then you get to, to Los Angeles. And did you start taking classes when you got into L.A.? Yeah, I've taken classes at a lot of places. Um, um, improv at Second City and Groundlings, and and then more, um, more acting, acting, scripted acting from um, different places as well. Yeah. And then eventually, you would go on to appear on such fine shows like Law and Order, and uh, a show that I thought was phenomenal, Medium, um, Two and a Half Men. Bones, you know, that's uh, that's not too shabby there. And I remember when you appeared on Bones, uh-huh. um, you were there during the early years of Bones. Yeah. And did you have any idea that Bones would go on to be the kind of success that it has become, that it's still on the air thriving today? Yeah, I had no idea because I think I had never even seen the show when I did it. So, yeah, it's amazing. Like, for me, it would be a dream come true to get on a show like that where you have kind of constant constancy with with work. That would be just so amazing. Yes, and um, I remember that episode of Well when, when you were on it and you did a, did a mm-hmm. fine job. And uh, appearing on Two and a Half Men, um, uh-huh. what was the situation there? That was a lot of fun. Um, this was it, back it, when Charlie Sheen was on the show? Yeah, yeah. Char- I did my episode with Charlie, and it was, I believe, his fourth last episode that he did. And he was such a pleasant person to work with. He was super professional, and he it, it, it almost came across to me that he... Um, well, it, he was very caring. Uh-huh. Like, he's the star of the show. He's a huge star of the show, and I'm just there for that one episode. And, and he came up before our scene, and he's like, well, is it okay with you if I do this and this and this? 
And what I wanted to say was, well, you're the star of the show. You do whatever <laughs> you want. <laughs> um, but so that came across like he actually cared about me as an actor in that scene to make sure that I got to present what I wanted to present as that character. So it was that was very nice of him. Absolutely, and that may surprise some people out there. Uh, yes, it at, at least me. these days. Yeah, yeah, it surprised me. So I felt very cared by him. That's you know? great. Like he cared. Yeah. Well, that that says something uh, of him right there. The uh, to, to be that courteous uh, under those mm-hmm. circumstances. Yeah. Because um, yeah. he obviously does have a great deal of talent. And yes. you not yes. only have had experiences on primetime, but uh, daytime as well, which, you know, uh, the soap opera industry, of course, mm-hmm. uh, these actors work very hard. They're doing full episodes on a daily basis, whereas primetime yeah. can take a whole week. And you really yeah. got to be on top of things to be on a daytime soap opera, wouldn't you say? Yes, and I learned my lesson in that one. <laughs> and how so? The, the, first, the first day I I was on um, Days of Our Lives, I had memorized my lines and I was ready to go. And um, I got on set and I did my first scene. And then I did it just one time. And then the director goes, okay, that was great. Moving on. And I was <laughs> like, wait, 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 wait. No, I want another tape because I was going to do it this way and that would be better. And he's like, no, 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 that was good enough. Moving on. So that, it made me realize you have to give your all and do sure. the job that you want to do on the first take because you won't get another one. Absolutely. You have to really be prepared. And, yeah. Um, yeah. That's the kind of, uh, you know, you know, some people may be surprised, but, um, you know, that's the kind of uh, – you know, show uh, a daytime uh, soap opera where, you know, if you can't keep up, you'll be left behind. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, these actors know their lines so well. They're so such good memorizers. It's it's amazing how they work. And being on Days of Our Lives, uh, mm-hmm. and, and of course in Passions, well, what was the biggest yeah. uh, difference between the two for you, both NBC uh, programs? Yeah, well, I think Passions was a little wilder show. I think it was yes. crazier, you know. Uh, on a Passions, little bit different. I played a nurse, and and some of their storylines were just wacky, which you know <laughs> makes a fun show. Sure, so, sure, yeah. yeah. And what would you say? Because you've experienced both, so you've done the mm-hmm. primetime and daytime experience. What do you think is some of the biggest differences that between the two mediums? Yeah, I mean, the fact that the actors on daytime have to work so hard, like they they literally have to bring it every time, that's the difference to me. That the other, well, I wouldn't say the other way is more relaxing either. I was going to say that, but it's not. They're both, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> well, they both have their pluses and minuses, of course. They do, they and, do. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it matters how you depend, you know, how, how you might look at uh, between the two. So that's a very interesting yeah. assessment. And I guess at the end of the day, you really need to be the best that you can on or, on either prime time or daytime. Uh, yeah. And yeah. the fact that you were able to do both so successfully speaks highly of your talent. And um, so eventually you ventured into uh, film projects. And, and how did that mm-hmm. all start? Yeah. 
Um, hmm. Well, it, it's funny because now you ask, and I, I actually can't remember what my first film was. Um, Just kind of I've done, grew. You know, I, I, I can't remember. Um, but uh, to me, film is actually the, the stuff that I really enjoy doing. Yes. Um, on films, I really get to delve more into the character and really be that person for a, a longer period of time. So I feel like that's more rewarding because you actually really, really get to know your character. Yes. And it's understandable. Things kind of blend together after a while, don't they, sometimes, when you've been doing it long yeah. enough? <laughs> yeah. And back to, yeah. uh, back to television. Oh, boy, I can't wait to talk to you about this. You were also the host of uh, a show called Wipeout uh, for yes. Fox Finland. Um, yeah. Can you describe the show? Yeah. So it's, a lot of people may have seen the American Wipeout. Um, the American one is on ABC or was on ABC. Um, so it's a water obstacle course where people compete in trying to make through the obstacle courses uh, in the fastest time. And it makes for a fun show because a lot of people fall in the water and, and, <laughs> and don't, don't make it through the, uh, obstacles. So it's a, it's a fun show. And you did a great job. Yeah. Anytime I've seen clips, uh, just a perfect, the perfect host. Uh, but I noticed you were right. never actually, you know, on the actual obstacle course yourself, because obviously there are reasons for that, that they wouldn't let you yeah. participate. Yeah, no, which was lucky for me because I think I would have chickened out from doing the courses anyway. <laughs> um, so, so I got lucky that the producers wouldn't let me. Um, they said that they don't have uh, big enough insurance for me to do it in case something goes wrong, and then they lose their host, um, or the host has a black eye or something. That would not be good. <laughs> no, it would not. Um, not at all, especially if you were hosting with a cast. or. <laughs> yeah, yes, uh, I know, right? <laughs> don't be concerned at home. It's okay. We're, we're still on the air. So, uh, And yeah. you must have, uh, of course, met so many wonderful people um, being the host of the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was really fun for me because we actually shot the show in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Wow. So that was fun for me to get to go to Argentina for the first time and, and have this fun time there. So that was awesome. And the show is um, uh, it's no longer on the air. Is that right? No. It's, uh, they're playing reruns, actually. So yeah. it's that way it's on the air. They still see me. It's still on, on reruns. Yeah, we're not um, shooting more episodes. Gotcha. Well, anytime I've seen yeah. a clip, I thought, wow, looks like a lot of fun. And you made it extra fun, too. Um, and going into another uh, another program that you were a part of. Um, so when I say the word to you, bee sting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, why don't fun, you take it from there? It's fun for me to be mean. <laughs> yes. So this was a character that uh, you portrayed on a show mm -hmm. that was on the Sci-Fi Channel, which was hosted by Stan Lee. Yeah, yeah. And Beasting was an evil supervillain. And uh, it, it's fun for me to play evil and mean characters because in real life, I, I'm too nice and I would never, ever <laughs> be mean to people in real life. So it's fun to do that, you know, as a, as a trial on a, on a show. <laughs> and uh, working with Stan Lee, what was that like? It was great. He is such a sweetheart, and he is such a 
heart worker and he's he was I mean we shot at some odd hours and he was there at midnight midnight like everybody else so it's it's pretty amazing I always like how he shows up in cameos and and uh yeah. you know the, the superhero movies like oh there he is yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh I, I think there were some interesting costumes on this show mm-hmm mm-hmm there were some crazy costumes, and mine too was I, you know, it was a bee bee dress, <laughs> a yellow and black striped dress, and with a beehive hairdo. And I think this oh. is so funny, uh, having a character called Beestein uh, mm-hmm. in in your costume, and you actually yeah. your character actually oversaw a spelling bee competition. Yes, <laughs> yeah. She's all about. Spelling. She's she's not a very good speller, though. <laughs> she, in fact, she's a terrible speller. I yeah. see. I see. Mm-hmm. And um, well, uh, let's see. We're kind of winding down here, but we still got a little bit of more time. Mm-hmm. So before we get back to some more of your your, your film projects and everything, you know, mm-hmm. besides your 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 dream to to be an actress and and, mm-hmm. and to be a model. You also took time to be a part of humanitarian efforts, and I mm-hmm. wanted to ask you, um, mm-hmm. how did that all go about? Yeah, for after modeling for a while, I I felt that it was very a materialistic world, you know, and I thought there has to be something else. So that made me want to contribute um, to things that aren't so materialistic. And and I worked with the uh, UNHCR, the United Nations uh, High Commissioner for Refugees. I worked with them in Bratislava in Slovakia, and um, I got the help in that field. So that's one thing. And then I'm also a huge animal lover. I have four cats at home, and and I know you have a cat, too, who's... I do. uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, and she just I turned nineteen. Like other cat people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she just so turned nineteen. Yeah, four rescued cats at my house. So two of them are rescued from the shelter, and two of them I rescued from the streets. So wow, and, you know, yeah. cats are great. They're great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Do you um, see yourself getting more cats, or is four kind of the good number for you? See, I I never meant to get four. I I said that three was max, and then then this one guy he just he just did not want to leave. So yes, <laughs> so yes. Uh, I have four. So I think that's the max. But I actually helped find homes for a few more cats, so I can contribute in that um, that area as well. Well, I think that's wonderful. Um, uh, that's great. And uh, mm-hmm. now, as far as um, uh, upcoming projects. Um, mm-hmm. what's on the horizon for you uh, besides uh, the film we talked about earlier? Yeah, so I have uh, maybe three projects coming this fall that I'm going to start shooting. <clears throat> One of them is taking place in Mexico. It's directed by Octavia Maya Rocha, who's a Mexican director. It's um, a film in which I'll play a mermaid in, a mermaid who becomes a human and lives in the human world. So Interesting. And that will be a challenge for me because... I will actually be speaking Spanish in this movie. Wow. Yes. And I, I, I took Spanish in high school, and my Spanish is not very good, but it's perfect for a mermaid who <clears throat> didn't speak to begin with. So. Sure, sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's one of my projects that's coming up. And then I also had The Legend of Cat Claws Mountain, which is a kid's film. It's going to be directed by Richie Greer, and I play a witch in it. So that will be fun to be a a witch. Oh, wow. Good yeah. witch or a bad witch? Well, yeah, I I think she's a good witch, although she does take some treasures away from people. So. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I think she has a good reason. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, that sounds very yeah. interesting. And of course, uh, we've got your uh, film coming out uh, hopefully soon. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, and then hopefully there will be Junkie too as well. Yes. So um, there'll be more continuation for that. Well, I was very intrigued by the by the trailer, and like I said, uh, you definitely stood out in my mind. Um, thank you. So I'm thank looking you, forward to you. seeing it. Well, um, let's see here. I wanted to ask you uh, before we wrap things up, now that you've arrived in Hollywood and that girl that was dreaming of a place far away and that dream came uh-huh. true, you know, yeah. now has your dream shifted into new areas? Do you have new goals or are you just enjoying the ride, so to speak? I'm enjoying it, but I, I, I think I'm one of these people who's, who's rarely satisfied <laughs> which could be a bad thing, but I always, you know, want to book more jobs and want to do cooler roles with awesome people. And, and, and yeah. And also in the humanitarian field, I, it would be really, really cool to get to do something with, with women um, in the third world countries who don't have the kind of resources that women do, you know, in the West like education, it would be very awesome to get to help in that field as well. Well, I, I think that's wonderful. I think that's a mm-hmm. wonderful idea. And yeah. uh, uh, I think it's important for us to try to help others that are less fortunate. And uh, yeah. you certainly you certainly are a person who does that. Um, I can see that. And I, I think that's a that's a wonderful quality to have. Thank you. Oh, you're most welcome. And I encourage people to check out uh, the the trailer for Junkie. And mm-hmm. oh boy, Anna does look a little bit different in it. But boy, you will see the a little in- bit. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, you will see the intensity though, and the talent though. You can't hide. No matter how they have mm-hmm. you uh, looking in the film, you are really standing out. So I'm very excited about that. Um, Anna, I just want to thank you for joining me. I, I couldn't have asked for a, a better first guest. And uh, I had to pinch myself going, wow, I I have Anna to be my first guest. So I feel very grateful and very fortunate. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful that you asked me. And uh, I I am so excited for you to have this radio show now. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And Mm -hmm. I hope to have you back someday if you're interested. Yeah. Um, Yeah, for sure. I kind of feel like this show is a pipeline to the heart of Hollywood. But uh, I try to go beyond just the superficial basic questions and and boy you were sure proof of that tonight so i thank you so much um and i wish you all the best thank you likewise thank you anna and i'd like to also say before i wrap up that uh uh this is my first show and uh uh every week i'm going to strive to to be much better than the week before and to try new things. So I hope you will go with me on this journey because three months from now, six months from now, a whole year from now, it could actually be a totally different type of program, but I will keep the heart and the basic 
ness of the show front and center each and every week. I did want to take a few moments to um, to thank Tommy Lightfoot Garrett, my associate over at Highlight Hollywood, the online magazine that I write for. I just want to say thank you to Tommy and to the staff because without Tommy, um, I'm not even really sure I would be on tonight. Tommy gave me opportunities that um, uh, has done so much for me, and I just want to say thank you to Tommy. Of course, all my friends, all those who are always so supportive and encouraging, uh, I want to thank you as well. Next week, I have a very special guest as well, a lady that many will know from the early years of The Bold and the Beautiful, who just happens to be the granddaughter of a Hollywood legend. And that would be the one and only Robert Mitchum. Her name is Carrie Mitchum, who is now a skilled chef in California. And we have a lot to talk about uh, next week. Her time on the Bolden Beautiful, how she made the transition from actress to chef, what it was like having such a legendary grandfather. Uh, the whole Mitchum family is full of uh, talented individuals. And uh, I might also add they've been awfully good to me. So I am thrilled to have uh, Carrie Mitchum, who originated the role of Donna Logan on The Bold and the Beautiful. Once again, thank you to Anna Eastiden. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed episode number one. And I hope to see all of you next week. There will be some uh, surprises in store for you. Until then, wishing you a wonderful evening and good night. There you have it, my first audio interview ever, originally airing back in the summer of 2016, that was broadcasted live over an online radio network. I can't thank Anna Easton enough for being my first guest on Hollywood and Beyond, and also for all of the welcome contributions she provides for you, the listeners, with her enjoyable welcome greetings. Thank you as well for going on this wonderful adventure called Hollywood and Beyond. After all, if you are a listener, you are a friend. Hey, how about we get ready for the next 100 episodes? This is host Stephen Brittingham. I'll see you on episode 101 of Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham. Thank you, my friends. Send host Stephen Brittingham your comments and questions to Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. That is Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. Stephen looks forward to hearing from you soon. You can receive all the latest episodes of Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham delivered to your favorite listening device by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or whatever happens to be your favorite podcast listening service. Don't miss out. Tune in.